Dave here. I am with Matt from 107. Uh, and everybody, welcome back to Inside the Brew House. That should probably start off with that, but it's all right. <laughs> so, Matt, can you give us a little background about uh, where you're from and how you got into brewing? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm originally from uh, Hawaii, actually. Yeah. I did not know that. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, yeah. My uh, my dad was in the Navy. My mom was a uh, flight attendant, so I'm a little Navy brat. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but most of my adults, so I was Hawaii, and then we were California. Uh, I grew up right outside of San Fran in Milbury, Uh Till probably 2001, I think. So I was like 11 or 12 when I moved here. Um, but then uh, most of my adult child or adult life and everything has all been Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, uh, so I started brewing. Uh, I homebrewed as soon as I turned like 21. Uh, somebody, one of my friends who had turned 21 earlier that year got a homebrew kit and he like didn't like it. So he was like, hey, do you guys want this? And me and my friend were like, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, so we were downhill um, slope from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So then I, I started home brewing for a while. Uh, I was getting like a little serious. Uh, I wouldn't say like incredibly serious. Like I didn't have like a I, like my home setup was like a homebrew setup, but it wasn't like anything crazy. Um, but then, uh, so we like circa 2018 uh i was friends with uh the current owners of 107 brewing company uh they bob and joanne uh i grew up with both of their daughters uh we went to grade school high school together but then i also became their dog sitter uh so they would go on uh beer vacations to either like up to alchemist or they would go down to richmond and go to like the Vale and stuff like that and they would come home and they would bring me these like awesome beers and uh, Bob was a big home brewer and so he made his own beer and he would have it on tap there when I was dog sitting and I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. Like, wow, this is so cool. And, uh, they can't remember they came home one time and they were like, Hey, we're opening a brewery. Like, do you think maybe you want to be a bartender, uh, or something? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. At the time I was working theater, uh, my degrees in theater actually. So I was working theater in the city. You know, that was my major, too, Shut to start up. off with. Yeah, <laughs> when I was yeah doing baseball and majoring in theater, was, <laughs> I definitely didn't get made fun of. But sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so so that was my uh, degree. I had a degree in uh, technical theater, so I was doing backstage stuff. Um, oh, but, I was acting. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> there you go. That's what's up. So the backstage stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so then... Uh, it was just sort of a very serendipitous moment of they needed somebody. They needed uh, their whole plan was that they, uh, Bob and the other partner Jerry, they were going to work their full time jobs and then brew full time as well once uh, they got off work, not realizing how intense it was. And so they they quickly realized that hey, we need somebody to to be a brewer. And I was sort of there. I was helping build the place, and uh, I was interested in it. And so. They got me on board. We had a consultant that worked with us for that, like, first summer before we opened. Uh, sort of taught me everything about, like, passivating tanks, cleaning procedures, things of that nature. Uh, we didn't do a ton of brewing till, uh we had everything up and running. And so then once we did that, we had, uh, I think we brewed. It was, like, our first brew day was, like, this consultant, me, and Bob. And then after that, I was like, Bob, we don't need this consultant anymore. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. like, I get, I get how to do this. Um, and then it's been slowly building ever since. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, I've been there. Uh, will be five years in October. So damn, that's God. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it's been that long it's already. Like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, 
Yeah, people don't realize, going back to what you said, people don't realize how much work goes into actually brewing a beer. Like, the the process isn't that hard, but, you know, just milling up the grain, actually brewing, fermenting, canning, which yeah. you guys have your own canning line now. It's It's a lot of work, and... It's something that I didn't realize until I really got into <laughs> it either. Yeah. But um, I wanted to get into our first topic here, which uh, is, do you see some beers that sell better on draft compared to four packs? Uh, definitely. Um, so we do we do a lot of hazy stuff uh, at our place. Um, I mean, we do sort of everything, but... Our number one seller week after week on draft is our blonde ale. Interesting, really. It's just a nice five and a half percent blonde ale. We call it our craft beer for non-craft drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, when somebody asks for, they come up and they go, oh, "I only drink Miller Light or I only drink Bud Light." We usually offer that, or if we have another like light lager on tap, which we've been starting to have a little bit more of, we'll offer one of those. And those seem to tend uh, in the tap room to fly a little bit quicker, yeah. um, but in four packs, like nobody wants to take it home. <laughs> those like yeah. those like four packs just like seem to seem to sit where as like our double IPA or like a triple IPA even um, uh, those will fly. Those will be like our number one sellers on uh, in package beer. I mean, we definitely we have a flagship hazy that's like also like I think it's like our blonde, and then our next is like our flagship hazy that goes. But definitely in our package beer, I want to say like our hazies, our milkshakes, uh, fruited sours, those are kind of the, the ones that go quicker than our lagers do, typically. Yeah, it's we're the same way. We, we see anything below like 5.5% seems to fly. And our number one beer, it's, I wouldn't call it, I guess, I wouldn't even call it a flagship. It's our, our wit beer. And it's crazy. You would never expect that because untapped shows you, you know, your highest rated beer is <laughs> wild. Yeah. So, but honestly, like the money tells what people are drinking and we have the same approach. Like we, you have to brew these Blondales, yep. your Pilsners and stuff, but they just sit forever mm-hmm. in cans. So you have to kind of play this balancing act yep. of, all right, how many cans do I do? But then, like, we'll get wiped out some weekends. I don't know if this happens to you. Like, if we have a light beer and it's, like, really nice out. Like, last week, mm-hmm. we got wiped out of Pilsner just, oh, like, nice. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, it's so seasonal being able to, and it's, like, almost, like, week by week, it seems. You yeah. know, how mm-hmm. people are feeling. It's it's really interesting to see, but, like, hazy stuff is always going. Yeah. No, in four packs. That's, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, that's our number one seller. Is whatever hazy, whatever new hazy we put out, yeah. that's the big seller that week. Yeah, and the we kind of, me and Sean talked a little bit about hazy IPAs last time, but not the, he, he's into the thylacine stuff, which I'm, you know, I'm not crazy about, but mm-hmm. we kind of are in the similar, we kind of brew similar hazy styles, I would say at least, but... Is there a hop right now that you're excited about, even if it's not even a newer hop or something that's been... Yeah, no, no definitely. Um, I will say, I mean, from like a hype perspective, I think my favorite... Well, I don't know how it is, but uh, we just brewed with Nectaron. Uh, like, yeah. for the first time, I brewed with it yesterday. Dude, I opened the bag. It was the most incredible smelling smell I've ever really? like, in a while. Like, I was smacked in the face of just like overwhelming just like dank beautifulness is the only <laughs> thing that i can like describe like i was I, it it was fruity too yeah oh like, yeah it was, it was like, like fruity um what galaxy used to be uh, yeah almost with like yeah right um it was just like i it's been a while since i've like opened a bag and been like damn like uh, really? wow but, um 
but yeah, but um, so I we'll we'll see how that uh, that beer turns out. But I'm excited to see. Um, and that's that's a hop from New Zealand. Correct? Yeah, that's a new New Zealand. Yeah, one. and they've been talking about that hop for two two years. I remember two years ago they were starting to talk about Nectaron, and I don't remember the number that it was. But usually hops are typically for our listeners. Hops are numbered before they actually get a name, and then. Um, like to, we, we learned out in Yakima when we went out to Yakima that each hop, like let's say Citra, Mm -hmm. it was numbered 394, but typically to get a hop, there's like almost 10,000 failures. Oh wow. Like, yeah, they, all the procedures, like I think they said Citra took like 10 to 15 years to breed. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy to think about. So Nectaron, think about how long that's been going, but yeah, they've been talking about Nectaron forever. Um, we actually just I, we just got like five boxes that we're gonna play with. Oh no so, way! Nice, yeah. cool. Yeah, the price came down substantially. Yeah, I don't know. We got we, it for like we got seventeen it, bucks. A pound. I was gonna say we <sighs> it was we got it on sale or something, and they like I don't know they messed up, but I think it was like something like that, like yeah. where it was like supposed to be like twenty four, and we got it for like eighteen. It was thirty eight last year. Uh. <laughs> It Jesus. was, yeah, it was crazy last year because I remember me and Jay wanted to use it, and uh, I was like, "Absolutely not! We are not paying thirty eight bucks a pound for." <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I remember because it was also when we were at uh, we were at the craft brewers conference, and they their NZ hops like the company like they were selling Nectaron, um, like almost like Nectaron oil, like like a like a hop oil that they were selling. Like they had different Nectaron products. And, Interesting. And they were like, I was like, what? This is such a weird like thing for you to like put out here because so, so few of us have even gotten to like use this hop. Like how do you yeah. all of a sudden? So I don't know if they just like had an exponential growth like this past year and that's why the price has gone down or what, like what happened, but to like have all these sort of Nectaron products that I was like, Whoa, this is wild. So yeah, they must, they must've increased production. I'll have to look into that after this, but, or ask somebody just because galaxy was one of those hops that when it first came out, I believe was not one of the most expensive hops. And then once it got popular, it just blew up and price inflated. But then Galaxy, like we were, we mentioned before, Galaxy in 2000, I remember you saying you were in love with it. It was like 2018, 2017. Yeah. You always used to say it was one of your favorite hops. And then 2019 came, and we were getting issues with it. I remember coming to you first and being like, are you getting the same thing? And you were getting the same issues. And w- what we were seeing is we were getting peanut butter flavor. And we thought it was us. We were like, oh, that's diacetyl. Yeah. You know, and diacetyl is an off product from yeast mismanagement but no it was the hops it was like straight popcorn or like or like peanut butter yeah and you i remember you were like yeah galaxy sucks this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i remember us tasting them side by side you're like it's freaking peanut butter it's so funny that uh you you were definitely the first person to bring that to my attention but now i'll listen to podcasts and like people are saying like people say that now like at like breweries in like the west coast they're like yeah galaxy like no peanut butter this year and i'm like (laughs) i'm like what i was like you guys know about the peanut butter thing so it's funny (laughs) i know it is funny um and so you guys are also uh, into fruited stuff too and i guess we can dive into this one, and then I want to talk about some of the other fruited stuff that you guys okay. do. But so, what do we have here? So, this is a collaboration with uh, Chatty Monks and Ship Bottom, too. Yeah, so it's it's a collaboration. Uh, it's with John Stemmler uh, and Hannah. 
Hannah. So, yep. Yeah. So when Hannah was at Ship Bottom, it was a three-way collab. Hannah will be on the podcast soon. Hey. Yep. Love her. Um, but yeah, so three-way collab. Uh, this is just the base saison that we did, and then we also have uh, a barrel-aged version. Oh, nice little Euphoria glass, <laughs> dude. It's my favorite glass. <laughs> no, no joke. I drink out of that all the time. Um, that was horrible pour too. God. The, <laughs> but then we have a we have a barrel-aged version that we're doing uh, on pawpaws, pawpaw fruits. So okay, so this so sorry, this is barrel-aged. Th- no, and this is just the base saison. So okay, and then. Uh, <clears throat> So part of it went just plain saison, uh, clean saison, if you will. Okay. Um, and then the rest uh, went into barrels, and then on pawpaws, and that'll be out. Uh, actually, probably not terribly soon, or not terribly. Yeah. Cheers. So, cheers. Yeah. So this smells super. So what are what are you looking for in a saison? What's? Uh, I want something that's going to be light, a uh, little bit of funk in there, you know. Uh, something that's... I'll get a lot of, like, cracked white pepper, yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. Not, not like, black pepper, but that... Yeah. Wow, it smells... That smells phenomenal. It's almost, like, it's super fruity. Not super fruity, but there's that nice touch of... I'm guessing it's highly carbonated looking at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn, that's delicious, dude. Wow. Yeah. That's re- That came out phenomenal. Was this candy at your spot, or...? Nah, this was at Chatty Monk's... Wow, Stemler. This is a that yeah, wizard. This is a John Stemler special, <laughs> if you will. Um, John Stemler is yeah the old brew at Freewell and is now at Chatty Monks, and he's still making amazing beer. Yeah. So he this did. is this is that um, his strain of his strain of whatever he found. Yeah, his saison yeast strain. <laughs> so, mm. saisons have had an interesting life cycle in the in the in the craft beer industry. I feel like because I remember. In 2016, 2017, when I was first getting into craft beer, I felt like Saisons were a lot bigger then. Oh, yeah. Like, you had Forest in Maine, Freewell was doing their Saisons, and then they just really just took a nosedive. They yeah. just, like, and I don't know what, if it was, if they died with the Sours game, too, like mm-hmm. the Barrel-Aged Sours. Uh, and then I'm starting to see Saisons come back a little bit, but they're kind of marketed as farmhouse sales now. Yes, definitely yeah. marketed as a farmhouse I think that just makes it sound a little cool, you know? Yeah, like, and I think it's it's more approachable. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? But Farmhouse Ale is also, like, the most broad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, super clean. Mm. Uh, just, like, 6'5", nice. The head is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. Is this Spunded? I believe it was. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100% positive, but I yeah, know and, that they and, have spunding valves on every one of their tanks. So. They do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and spunding is when you, uh, for our listeners, spunding is when you seal the tank up and you use the actual CO2 that from fermentation to trap uh, the CO2 in the tank. Because typically we have to, uh, we're, after fermentation is complete, we have to hook up a carb stone and then carb it up with outside um, CO2. But a spunding valve allows you to reuse your own co2 and with co2 prices rising like we got four we have four or five spunning valves now and we're expecting our co2 uses to go down by like 25 to 30 percent which is pretty crazy yeah how do you like them so far i like them a lot but there's certain styles so actually the whitbeer interesting we're talking about spunning valves the whitbeer was um typically a two-week beer like 14 days cold crash and it's in in a package uh, but we start spunning this, and it was done in like four days, five oh, days, wow. crazy. But 
it, the, we weren't getting the same characteristics. We weren't getting that big uh, orange coriander, kind of like the the wheat beer, not like the mm-hmm. wheat beer yeast. So that was only two batches, and we're like, all right, we got to cut this out. Mm-hmm. But really interesting to see how the pressure affects the beer flavor too, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. with Belgians. And I was talking to Trogner, who I name dropped way too many times last episode. <laughs> um, but you know, at their place, they have that for their Hefeweizen or their Dreamweaver. They have that whole open fermenter for it, and it uh, makes sense. Okay. He said that you get more characteristic out of and a better fermentation if it has zero psi on it okay yeah so um interesting interesting yeah so it made sense like when we start to we lost all that flavor from it but as soon as we figured that we we stopped doing that because that's my favorite <laughs> beer yeah uh yeah we've talked about getting them i want i want them i just we've never we haven't bought them yet <laughs> they're they're great yeah and they um they save a ton on co2 and the beer like the head just comes out for like that fluffy you get yeah. that like fluff that fluff note um so fruited sours, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, you know some of my feelings on them, but <laughs> I think I appreciate your fruited sours because you guys don't get too crazy. Yeah, uh, I think, and it seems that the market's moving away from it, and not fruited sours, but moving away from the crazy graham cracker, all that crazy stuff. But can you talk to me about? Because uh, I love your fruited sours, one of the only breweries <laughs> that I like the fruited sours from. But can you explain to me your approach to them and why they are so approachable? Uh, yeah. Um, so whenever we do fruited sours, uh, we usually we do uh, we have a small uh, system that we use, uh, and we usually do some test batches, sort of to figure out fruit combinations that we like. We one ten, barrel? Uh, yeah, nice. So um, we typi- uh, we typically tend to stick to citrusy fruits, um, berry fruits. Sometimes I think come off a little a little too harsh. I think I think okay. the, uh, personally. Um, do you mean harsh by bitter? Or do you uh, mean by... a little bitter? Like okay. I think I think I don't know. For some reason, I feel like a lot of berries play with hops and just like get bitter. Um, gotcha. I think you sort of like lose some of the the nice round berry characteristics. Um, so when we play, uh, so, I mean, we do play with a lot of citrus fruits, a lot of pineapple, a lot of mango, mm-hmm. uh, peach, you know, some of those stone fruits, uh, work yeah. well. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so we typically, whenever we, we brew a base sour, uh, and then we'll add fruit sort of towards the post end of fermentation so that we're fermenting some of that, but still leaving a little bit of that sweetness in. Cause gotcha. I think it really helps, uh, balance the... I think when you think about sour beers, you're thinking of not only uh, sour, but you have to balance that with some sweetness because um, a lot of these beers uh, typically tend to end pH-wise. I mean, we we don't go much below like 3.2. Uh, yeah. We're like 3.2, 3.4. Yeah. But for some people, that's really sour. It's really tart. Um, so you need to balance that with a little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why uh, we typically end end of fermentation um and then we usually let the beer sit for like a long time uh we let it crash yeah we let it sit for a decent amount of time uh to let it crash sort of get any sort of like pulp or anything out of there yeah um to try to pull that because i don't want and whenever i make them i'm not trying to make a fruit smoothly um yeah uh, is what i so we tend to let them sit a little like a little extra longer like a little extra week or two um before just sort of let any sort of that pulp any of that stuff sort of crash out to the bottom you know yeah so yeah yours are very well balanced and that's i think that's that's a key with some of these beers and especially a heavily fruited sour uh there there's some fruit beers like i feel like if it's a fruit beer it needs to be 
it's got to be fruit forward. Mm-hmm. Like you can't like make a raspberry beer and like only have it a little bit raspberry. Like it's got to be yeah. raspberry, especially you know? for today's consumers. Like I feel for like sure. 10, 10 years ago, if you had, um, what was that beer? They used to mix it with Ho Garden. It was like, uh, Oh, the Frambois. Yeah. Frambois. They call it a dirty hoe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We do. We, it's so funny. We have people when we had our, our Frambois and the whip beer on, uh-huh. I had no idea about this dirt <laughs> about it. Yeah. And people were constantly asking for it. I was like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, but like that, that beer is, it's really nice, but it's a very like light, delicate flavor. Like, yeah. um, 2%. where, yeah. Uh, so where I feel like as today's consumers, they'll want a little bit more in your face. So I yeah. definitely think I agree that, uh, if you're going to have a fruit forward beer, it's, you better taste some fruit in there for know? sure. And I think that goes for any beer too. I think it's with, uh, not to get back in the hazy IPAs, but it's like, if you put a description on a beer, it better taste like that nowadays, yeah. you know, and it better be, if you put peach on it, you know, the hops better taste like peach, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, back, back to the fruited stuff. It's, uh, it got crazy there, like right before the pandemic, it got crazy with fruited stuff. And then it morphed into cheesecake beers and do and throwing in just crazy ingredients like, like candy bars. And it seems to me that the market has really moved away from that, um, which I think is, is good for the market, but, uh, I don't. I think fruited beers are here to stay. Like the, the heavily fruited ones, I, they're very approachable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. I think it's an approachable style. I think it's not something like I don't think you're gonna walk into a tap room and see six fruited beers on tap. But I think if you have one or two on tap, I think that's definitely something that you're gonna see more and more. Yeah. Um, unless you're a brewery that's sort of known for your your heavily whatever fruited, it yeah, is, you, yeah. Like your heavily fruited stuff. Um, or but, even yeah. like, even like if you're known for like, uh, well actually human robot, they, they were into their, into their splashes for a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else, um, dancing gnome. Yeah. Dancing gnomes known just for their hazies and lager. You won't find anything else there, mm-hmm. but yeah, it seems most breweries that I go to seem to have mm-hmm. a, a heavily fruited set. At least one. You know? Yeah. At mm-hmm. least one. I know free will used to have a ton of them. Sean was saying that they're bringing back Mash series, but oh uh, okay. Um, we're gonna crack my whip beer here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then actually speaking of draft list, um, one of my questions I had for you uh, was balancing your draft list. Um, is there is there like a percentage of beers that you want to have on that are certain style, or do you guys kind of what what's your kind of flow chart for going about? Yeah, <laughs> we we. Uh, we have talked, it was probably, I don't know, maybe a year ago, Bob and I talked about what we want the tap list to look like. Yeah. And then I don't think it's looked like that. <laughs> like, I, really? I mean, it's definitely, we try. It's one of those things that we like try to like, we're like, this is how we want the tap list. And then we keep trying and then something happens or we run out of this too quickly while something else is like in the tanks and it's like, we're not running out of this quick enough. Um, but we try to keep... Uh, we like to keep the tap list well-rounded. Um, we try to keep at least uh, two to three hazy IPAs on there. Um, our, I feel like our customers really enjoy our Milky Milky series, so we try to have at least one Milky on there. Yeah, um, and so that's that's your IPA with vanilla, correct? Yeah, vanilla okay. and some lactose and fruit. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, so that's really, I think that when I'm like... I think that's our only beer that we have now that's got lactose in it. This is like our Milky series. Gotcha. Um, but that makes sense for that. Yeah. 
style. We even talked about possibly pulling the lactose out of it. I don't think you need it. <laughs> yeah, I think I vanilla mean, is yeah. a really interesting flavor because there's a brewery around us that's very well known for their milkshake IPAs, um, and I believe that the lactose has been pulled out of those okay. as well. I'm almost positive, but um, yeah. I could be wrong. But vanilla is such a strong flavor, yeah, and it and it brings like I feel like if even if it's in a dry beer, it'll add body by itself. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? No, I literally two hours ago I was just talking to Bob about this on our yeah on our car ride home. Uh, we were in the car and I was like, maybe we should pull the lactose out of this. And uh, I was like, he was like, oh well, how could we do this? And I was like, oh, we could do it through these three different ways, you know. So yeah, yeah. I think if you it'd be in, you know I don't know what yeast you're using for that, but it'd be interesting to see the the final gravity and how the customers perceive like yeah. vanilla, you mm-hmm. know, like if you dried a beer out to like, let's two or three Play-Doh, you know, 10, 10 or something, and then added a ton of vanilla, how would that sweetness be perceived? Yeah. That'd be, be really interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it and I'll let you know. Yeah. Try <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we like to have one of those on, uh, we usually have a fruited sour on. I like to keep at least one, uh, we've been keeping a seltzer on tap, um, mm-hmm. a sort of like a non-alcoholic or um, a non, yeah, gluten-free option, yeah. Uh, and that's been doing like decently well. I mean, I'm not saying it's our number one seller, but there's definitely a selection of customers that are like, "Oh, I'm glad that you have a seltzer on tap." Yeah. Um, then we try to keep a West Coast on, and then we try to keep at least two lagers on, uh, something on nitro. That's usually a stout uh, or a mild or something. Mm. Um, Does the nitro tap go fast for you guys? Uh, decently. Yeah. yeah. Like, Our nitro tap, whatever's on nitro flies. For, yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, I love a good like nitro stout, and mm-hmm. uh, so. Um, but yeah, like we like I said, we like to keep it well rounded. Uh, I definitely think it's leaning more hazy IPA just because that's what the mark that's what the consumer wants. Yeah. Um. So we definitely dictate our tap list via that. Um, but we like to keep something on there that everybody's going to like, you know? Yeah. I don't think you're going to walk into our tap room and not find a beer that you like. Yeah, a beer. Yeah. And we're the, we are, I think we're still like 40% hazy yeah. on draft or f- maybe some, some, some weeks it's like 50%. The whole left side of the board is filled up with hazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you guys too, with your, uh, you guys have had some heavy hitters on draft too. <laughs> yeah, we do. We definitely do have some heavy hitters. Uh, that's like, that's the other thing. I think this summer we're going to try to pull down a little bit uh, ABV yeah. wise. Uh, we've talked about it, um, and I mean I don't think that there's anything wrong with having some heavy hitters on there, but I I think you need to also have it well balanced with some lower lower ABV beers. You know, for sure. Yeah, and having a tasting room. There's seeing it now. You know, we've had our tasting room for. A year, and we we get complaints. We we typically don't have a beer over six and a half on draft, okay. we, and we do get complaints, but it's just uh just our yeah. business model. But I, there's so many people that come in are like, you know, they they want something over eight and a half percent. Mm-hmm. They want to have like one of them, two of them, and then go home. And, yeah, or even some triple IPAs. Uh, but but the ten ounce pours do help with that. I'm I'm assuming you guys do ten ounce. Yeah, so, we a do. Lighter. We actually do. Uh, we do five and eight. For anything, that's a perfect size. Yeah, anything over uh, eight and a half, I think is we'll do twelve ounces is the highest that we'll do, and then anything over eight and a half, we do in five or eight ounce pours. Yeah, that's so, a, that's very manageable. Yeah, because like the, some of those beers that you make, like big hoppies in the fridge right now, <laughs> that does not taste like. Oh what, no, what's it's, that? It's dangerous. 10? It's eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Oh my god. It's eleven, but I mean, it drinks. It drinks like a 
Nice. L- six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a scary thing with some of those those hazy IPAs is they do not drink like no. <laughs> yeah. the ABV that's, you know, oh my gosh. I've, I think everybody's had that one really bad hazy IPA ha- hangover. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Like those are the worst. They're almost <laughs> like wine hangovers. Wine's bad too. I got really in college one time with wine. I couldn't, I thought I was dead the next day, <laughs> but, um, this is delicious by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This is, uh, this one I did store upside down for us, yeah. uh, to, to see what the yeast would, you know, cause this one, this has got a nice yeast character on it, but yeah, so we're drinking our wit beer now. And I talked about it earlier. Um, I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but yeah, it's a surprising to us. This is our number one seller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually surprising, I just got the new uh, Craft Beer and Brewing magazine in. Mm-hmm. Uh, IPA, of course, and Hoppy Beer was like 60 to 70% of the craft beer market. The next one was Wit Beer. Really? Yeah. I was shocked. But, you know, a large amount of that is Allagash. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a style that you can just drink all year long. I mean, I love a wheat beer, and I feel like uh, wheat beer is like how I got into craft What's that, your phone or my phone? I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. It was um, one of our phones. <laughs> um, do you have Do you have an Australian accent on yours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yours. So it's yours. <laughs> I just hit the button. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's so funny. Uh, but, yeah, but wheat beer is uh, how I got into sort of craft beer is we uh, – I used to go to this bar in Doylestown called Stephanie's. Um, <laughs> yeah. You laugh. You laugh because you know you. everybody has a Stephanie story. But everybody's Stephanie's story is always the basement that was like just this like cesspool of like of garbage. Yeah, but but it was such a good time. <laughs> yeah, but no one remembers that on the first floor there was a it was a craft beer bar that yeah. had, that had fifty beers on tap yep. and uh, and good beers. Yeah, we. Uh, and oh my the, god! The funniest part is uh, Joe. You remember Joe? He used to work over at Will Crafted, and then yeah, Joe Farrell. Yeah, yeah, Joe Farrell. Yeah, Joe Farrell. So I, I'm telling this story, and he like looked at me, and he goes, he goes, you know why? And I'm like, why? And he was like, he was like, I was the taproom manager, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And so finally, I had some validation from like somebody that I was like, I, I'm not making this up. Like this guy, like, and uh, I was like, this guy worked here, and he knows everything. But yeah, but um, so we used to that summer we turned 21. Uh, we would go there all the time, and there was this bartender, Julian, and him and I, we would just talk beer, and we would have, like, Francis Conner and, like, all these, like, German wheat beers that were just, like, on tap, and Wein Stefaner. Really? And, um, wow. And I would, like, it's fell in love. Beer. Yeah, I fell in because he would be like, well, what do you like to drink? And I was like, ah, I think Blue Moon's pretty good. And he's like, oh, well, here, let me give you this. <laughs> he's like, let me give you some real wheat beer. Yeah. And uh, and so I had, like, all this, like, all these different ranges of wheat beer. And I was like, wow, this is really good. Um, yeah, Blue so, Moon was big when, like, really big when I was in college. And I think we're yeah. about, I'm 31. How old are you? 31. Yeah, so mm-hmm. same age. For whatever reason, I felt like it was huge back then. It was, it was. like. Like from my twenty, like twenty one to like twenty four, I drank so much Blue Moon. Same, and I wonder if it was like to attack that market because I don't see it on advertisements anymore. No, no, it I like want... disappeared. It yeah, like, I feel like wheat beer in general disappeared. Like no one talked talked about it. They were like, oh, it's so heavy. Like I can't drink this anymore. Yeah. You know. So. It's, meanwhile, Allagash is yeah right still killing it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this wheat beer, this beer, I think we dumped. Probably seven batches, really, of wit beer. Yeah, this was 
this was a style. This rolls into one of my next questions, but this this style took me gave me such a hard time. Yeah, I, and I think it was just balancing the amount of coriander, the type of coriander matters, uh, fresh zested orange peel versus non-fresh zested. How much do you add mm-hmm. to make sure that it's enough? Yeast, the yeast was. Uh, it took me forever. The temperature of the yeast. Uh, yeah, I remember being like so done with it. Now, these are seven barrel <laughs> batches. Like uh-huh. I'm dumping, you know, this not a small amount of beer. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure this out. So I listened to all of the Rob Todd podcasts I could find. I went to Allagash. Uh, <laughs> like I then I one of the, the books that really hit it on the head was the Belgian wit book. I have it. Uh, it's upstairs. But it's it's about Pierre Sellis. Do you know who Pierre Sellis is? Mm, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, so he's he uh, Hogarden. He's okay. the Hogarden guy. Gotcha, gotcha. His brewery burnt down in Hogarden. He went to uh, Bud Anheuser Busch, bought the recipe, kept it going, and then he moved to Texas and started Sellis Brewery with the same recipe. But it's the same recipe that Rob Todd from Allagash kind of got mm-hmm. uh, his his wit beer inspired by. But amazing book. It goes through the history, and once you understand the history of the wit beer, uh, it like it like all clicked. I was like, all right, I think I know what to do now, <laughs> and I did it. And it was like one of those styles. I was like, I know this is gonna slay in our tasting room. Like I just know, yeah, this wit beer is gonna do great. Um, but yeah, is there a style that you struggled with too, or that you kind of? It took a while for you to get, or maybe one that you thought was good originally, and now it's like way better. Hmm. Um, style wise, another style for me was Pilsner. Pilsner yeah. took a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, we. I still. I feel like I still struggle. Uh, Pilsner every once in a while. I mean, this rain check I think is really nice. Um, but um, I'm trying to think. The style, I mean, I feel like West Coast kind of like, West Coast was tough for me. Yeah. Um, it was like, I don't, it was just like, so like, I feel like we had it and I was like, I either was making it like too bitter or like not bitter enough, or it was like too malt forward for me. And mm. then, or like, you know, it was like such a yeah. tough thing. It was like, I hadn't really drank West Coast. And so like hazy was such a dominant thing for so long for, yeah, yeah, that like transitioning to try to go into West Coast for me took like a little bit longer, I feel like. And then we finally, we have like Hop of War, which is kind of like our um, flagship West Coast, I guess, style. And that sort of clicked for me. Um the getting old that recipes too are weird. Yeah, <clears throat> everybody's throwing fucking crystal malt in oh everything. My God. Don't even get me started <laughs> on freaking crystal malt. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what are your thoughts on crystal malt? Uh, it's all right in small doses, <laughs> but it it gets like um, I don't. It gets like too caramelly, raisiny. For me. Yeah, it's, I always get raisin. Yeah, yeah, like a uh, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's funny. So I was just listening to a podcast. And they were saying when they were originally trying to brew hazies to get to get the final gravity up to get more sugar into the beer, they were just throwing crystal malt into it originally. Mm-hmm. And just like, well, this is the only way that we know how to raise the the final gravity, you know? And I was like, Oh my god, can you imagine a hazy IPA with like crystal forty in it or like crystal sixty? <laughs> It'd the, be brown. I, <laughs> And they were still mashing it like 150 degrees. I'm like, oh my gosh. The um, I I feel like if you go back and you look at a lot of those like hazy clone early hazy clone recipes, a lot of them have like crystal crystal in the malt bill. And I'm yeah, like, I'm like, what? Yeah, and 
I know that Monkish is Monkish is one of the only breweries that I know uses crystal malt in their hazies. They but they use uh, carapels, which is like mm-hmm. two love a bond, three love a bond. Yeah. you know, like nothing. But yeah, I, I'm thinking back. Like I'm like, can you imagine like brewers like who brew like Dale's Pale Ale, and they're like. We don't know how to get the gravity up on this and are just <laughs> dumping it in Crystal 60. That's all I thought of. Or like Trogner. Like you think like Trogner when her hazy IPA first came out. He's just like, I just have to add Crystal 60 to it. <laughs> more and more. I, I was like literally laughing on this podcast. But it was funny seeing these brewers. I think it was, um, oh my gosh, I have to look back at who it was. But they were bigger breweries who mm-hmm. were uh, Firestone Walker okay. was one yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was laughing about it, but it was inter- it's interesting to see those guys that make perfect beer. Yeah, and it took them forever to figure it out. Hazy took me a while too. Yeah, to figure out the right yeast, the right dry hop, um, and then the dry hop too. It's like um, there's only so much that you can add before you like you're just dumping beer down the drain. Yeah, you know, like to me, some some breweries I've heard. Eight pounds per barrel. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, that is so much. That's so much hop. That you, it's like a coffee. I always like to think of it like coffee. Like, yeah. there's only so much coffee you can put into the filter pad before you're just your 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 palate can't you yeah. know, taste it. So, also, what's your yield? <laughs> yeah, what is? Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, ten barrel batches, but I'm getting two gallons. Like, <laughs> but it was the best two yeah. gallons. <laughs> Uh, there was a line. There was a line for crawlers out the door. <laughs> line life's kind of, kind of, kind of dead. Line, yeah. I uh, I have not lined up for a beer in. I haven't six seen six years. I think Ralphius is the only one that I can think uh, of. Oh, that's true. That Ralphius. I I haven't been there, but I know friends that have gone for me that have waited in line. Yeah, and Ralphius is a. Uh, last episode we talked to Sean. Ralphius is their imperial stout, and it's got a cult fo- uh, following in our area here but for it's still you go there black friday my cousin he lines up he must spend five to six hundred bucks every year yeah and but there's you get you get 150 of those people man yeah yeah but um it's good to see barrel age beer is kind of making a comeback too um let's let's crack into this chick pilsner because you were talking about it uh we are going to crack this i'm assuming beautiful chick pilsner Hopefully. You think so? Yeah, I, I know so. I already know. Yeah, I better get this wit beer out of... Don't ruin the beer. Ah, let's see. Oh, this beer looks beautiful already. I can already tell. It's going to be wonderful. Actually, I'm going to take a little more. There you go, brother. Thank you. It smells great. Yeah, floor malted, check pills. Mm. All saws. Yeah, it smells... Wow, that does smell fantastic. Yeah, and saws, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if we were talking about it, but they got slaughtered this year. Yeah. Uh, they were down, I think I saw 40%, a lot of Europe. And um, I forget if I was talking to you about it, but I think it was Josh from YCH. I don't know if you've met him or not. Uh, he's one of their reps, but... He was saying that they don't have modern infrastructure there. So, like, they don't have uh, – if if it, get dry, if it gets dry there, they don't have like irrigation. A, any yeah. irrigation there. So, they just got murdered there this year. And the hops are bad, too. Mm. So, I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, that. But this is lovely. Thank you. 
Yeah, nice little 5-2. Uh, we do it on the Ooh, side. Oh, nice bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely bitter. I think I'm going to dial next time. I think I'm going to dial it back just a touch. Um, really? You know, I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think it's just, I think it's just a, a hair over. Just a touch you know? too much? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, just like noble, noble saws. It's not like astringent, though. Mm-mm. You know, it it just, it, it, it doesn't sit on your palate, which is really nice. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm looking at my no, sheet good. here. Um, so I got two more things I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, trends. Okay. What do you think? What do you, what do you got coming up? <laughs> I feel like that's always like the big hot topic that everybody's that Matt from breweries and PA is always oh, trying to talk there about. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're the logger. Um, Matt and Chad. Um, Good old Chad. <laughs> um, but no, um, the trends that I'm starting to see, I definitely think lower ABV is definitely trending uh, higher. Yes. I think, I think, uh, I do think return to loggers. I think people are, uh, ordering more loggers. I think drinking more loggers, uh, at least in our tap room from a takeout perspective. I, I, sometimes I feel like we sell a decent amount, but then there's other times where I feel like we don't sell a decent amount of lot, you know, like, yeah. Um, but I definitely see in the tap room, the lower ABV beers. I mean, the our relax flagship it's a six five that's like our number two seller and our number one seller is either this one i think this past week uh we don't have our blonde on tap we have this um and this is our number one seller and then our lower abv hazy is our second seller you know huh. so definitely lower abv um i think i don't think hazy is going anywhere like i don't think <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't think hazy is going anywhere Mm-mm. i think we are gonna sort of see less at least in my opinion i feel like we're seeing less of those crazy beers uh that we were talking about the either the fruited sours or the crazy ice cream cheesecake uh double snickers um you know like (laughs) double snickers i feel like we're seeing less and less of those uh at least in the marketplace um I feel like West Coasts are kind of. I'm. I. Uh, I get. I see that. I get a little clear bit more, IPAs. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm seeing a couple people ask for that. I'm definitely wheat beer. I'm getting a couple more people asking for wheat beer than normal. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't see. I, do you guys get a lot of people that ask for non-alcoholic beers? No. Yeah. I don't see that going anywhere. <laughs> and I know. So. Uh, athletic, which yeah. is the biggest one, they're gonna do like one hundred forty thousand barrels. But like when you look at that in a whole of the how many barrels of beer are brewed per year? Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, yeah, and I yeah, oh, yeah. I, we I was just talking to a friend about this, and he's he always asks like, oh, do you guys have that? Like, do you, do you carry athletic at your brewery and stuff like that? And I was like, I don't even know if we are allowed. I was like, I'd have to look into it like logistically. Um, but yeah, I I really don't see it going anywhere, and maybe I'm may like I I think it's a nice option for somebody that wants it, but I I don't think I don't see it. I don't think it's gonna make it that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it's like it's a niche. Yes, it's super nichey because it actually really appeals to like I remember when Jen was pregnant, mm-hmm. like she wanted to be able because beer social, she wanted yeah. to be able to enjoy a beer, quote unquote, with everybody without. You know, whatever, just just mm-hmm. to be able to enjoy, crack something and enjoy it. Yeah, and she 
the one that she really liked was Heineken's Zero Zero. Okay. Have you had that one yet? Mm-mm. Literally tastes like a Heineken. Really? There's zero difference. And then same with Guinness. I was just going to ask Zero you other, difference. Okay. Zero difference. I, so love, she, I love Guinness. Yeah, so. she said both of them were, were her favorites. Uh, but it's it's the social aspect, I think. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah, that's that's the part of it. But I don't see it going anywhere. But that's just... Yeah. Yeah. We see... We get a ton of people still asking for triple IPAs and stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, and then like the, the real... some So we get... we Every now and then we get some guys asking for West Coast, like you said. But mm-hmm. clear IPAs... When we actually release a clear IPA in cans, it goes pretty quick. Okay. Like a perpetual type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to try a... A first cut, kind of. Okay. We're going to do a clear IPA with, like, mango. Uh, okay. I'm interested to see how the market reacts to that. Because mm-hmm. I think hazies with fruit in them, first of all, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think they had their kind of their heyday, too. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think like, like first cut has a cult following, too. Okay. Um, so I'm interested to see how the market reacts to that. But I know everybody, what, what was the, everybody's kind of pushing the thylized stuff, but. Yeah, I feel like that was also another like, just like it was like a brood IPA thing. Like I don't think, yeah, it, I, don't, I think it's definitely sticking around longer than brood IPA yeah. ever did. But the same thing, like they're just trying to try people keep people are trying to like up the flavor, and it's definitely gonna increase that. But like, what's the like? I don't think anybody's gonna know the difference between a thialized hazy or a hate like you know or Unless a hazy you- um, like. You know, it's just like another buzzword. It's double dry hop. It's yeah. It's uh, I hate in, the in, in, like incognitoed, like brewed with blah blah blah. You know, yeah. So yeah, that's that's very. It's true. just the well, yeah. The, oh, all the phantasm stuff that came out. Phantasm <laughs> was a that was here and there. For, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was here for a month. Yeah. And it was gone. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is our collab. No, oh, <laughs> our collab. Yeah. I'm really excited. Me too. Because this has been a long time coming. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really excited. And we are brewing it for... Are you allowed to talk about the event that's coming up? Oh, yeah. We definitely... Maybe. I mean, there's no... Yeah, sure. Why not? There's no... (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely happening. There's just no... like. I think like this... Either this week or next week, like we're getting like design work coming out for it. Um, But yeah, we're doing a big... uh, I don't know if it has a title. I actually hold on. Wait, the title is the like title. <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, I'm. I think a hazy with us is going to come out. You know, between our two minds, should, should come out pretty good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Right now, the t- the title is Summer Block Party Kickoff Extravaganza Shebang. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I don't know if that's going to, but that's that was the working title, and someone goes, what should we call it? And they were like, keep it that. Keep it that. You, got, you have to. Yeah, you have to now. Um, but yeah, no, that'll be uh, second week in June, June 10th, uh, Saturday. Um, if you've ever been to any of our anniversary parties, it'll work very similar to that. Uh, we close down the side street. Uh, we have a bunch of breweries, like our friends that we're inviting. Uh uh, you guys are going to be there. Mm-hmm. I know Second Sin's going to be there. Um, I think Hidden like, River. Yeah, Hidden River. I think there's like eight eight breweries or something. Eight to wow. eight, eight to ten. So awesome. it's not not as big as your fest, but uh, <laughs> but ours <laughs> oh. is like a little block party. Uh, yeah. Nice little summer kickoff. Um, so, but yeah, but, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, and we're collabing for that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of. Do we settle on hops? Like, Nectron might be fun to use. That just because be we fun. just talked about it. Yeah, yeah, do Nectron and then kind of build around that. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to use some of, like, our Citrus Imco, which I think we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, either way, I, I am 
the beer's gonna be killer. Yeah, that's <laughs> gonna be so good. Yeah, I'm excited, but uh, I do enjoy you joining me. Yeah, um, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, we'll, see, well this will come out in a couple weeks, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, dude. Cool. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah.